Welcome back to another Internet Religion podcast. And this episode is featuring our first guest ever, ever. And it's a special one. It is a hella special one. And we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite, favorite genre of music, K-pop. This, oh, this is so exciting. The K-pop was... Uh, when we were like brainstorming ideas for the first few episodes, this was the one where I was like, we have to do an episode on K-pop. It's such a, I don't think words can even describe. I, I think it's like, it's so many people love it. So many people hate it. So many people love to hate it. There's just so much to talk about. And I am ready and more than raring to go. Right. And people that do hate on it are just not educated enough about it. So we are giving them... A, a free K-pop education with a K-pop expert who's here with us today in the Zoom room. We all know and love her. I know and love her. My very best friend, Jenna. So Jenna, if you want to say hello to the people on the internet, say hello. Hello to the people on the internet. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be the first guest. Let's get to it. I'm, I'm ready. Let's get to it. <laughs> so we, uh, I think as a collective, we definitely don't have the full knowledge of K-pop. I think I definitely know quite a bit because I adore Blackpink. I just think they are so cool. But I'm not really up in there on in the stank unity. So I definitely consume the music, but I don't think I'm as engaged as I could be. Right. And I was just going to say, I have only been engaged because of Jenna. I would have no idea about anything if it wasn't for this girl over here. So she's taught me all I know, and I've learned from the best. So I do have quite a bit of knowledge. But for the people that don't have any knowledge about K-pop, what is K-pop? And like, what does it, how is it different from like other fan bases or fan communities? Okay, so... I just want to start out by saying that I'm a huge BTS fan. Like they were kind of my intro into K-pop. And like, I don't, I mean, a lot of people will call BTS fans like, oh, you're not a real K-pop stan just because you listen to BTS. But I would say I casually, casually listen to four other groups. I would say like there's four other groups I can name right now that I really like their music. And um, I would say K-pop is... I mean, obviously it means like Korean pop music, like that's what it means. But I think what draws so many people into it is that it isn't just pop music. There's a lot of influences from other genres um, like R&B, rap, hip hop, EDM. You kind of can get a lot of different genres under that one umbrella of like the k-pop term and then i'd also say something else that draws people in that i was a huge fan of um is the fashion and the music videos like the visuals are just so stunning and i think that that is so like appealing to so many people and the same thing with the fashion because i think it's just such an interesting thing to see because i think and i think for me like after i started to listen to k-pop and being on Stan Twitter, like you follow people who listen to other groups that you don't. And then I'll be like, oh, that looks really interesting. What is that? And then I'll like look it up and I'm like, oh, that's so cool and just fascinating. And ever since I've kind of been in like on Stan Twitter, I've been so like, this might sound mean and I'm not trying to like 
jab at anybody, but I've been like so bored by like a lot of Western artists because I'm just kind of like, this is not exciting. And um, one thing that I really also like about K-pop is the whole idea of a concept and not, I, I don't really know what every group's like concept, but a lot of the times like these groups will have different concepts. So like, I'll just name one, but like there's this group called Red Velvet. So they have the red side, which is like pop music and like fun and upbeat. And then they have the red velvet side, which is like R&B and it's like, it's just a very cool idea. And you kind of get the best of both worlds with something like that. So I just think it's a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of people judge it before even giving it a try. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what all I have to say about the, the genre as a whole, I guess. Yeah, I, I think like uh, the, the, the way you're talking about uh, like the Western artists, I think there's definitely been a slump in attitude to performance and videos and definitely a lot of male artists do not do it at the same level as like BTS do. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot think of a group that is as near as hardworking as some of these K-pop groups. The performances, the videos, the dance moves, I couldn't even dream of doing this stuff and having the energy to put into performances like they do. And like, you were naming like Red Velvet, how the, the, the thought that goes into everything and it's just it's mind-blowing and I think that's definitely one of the reasons I was sucked in because around 2018 time I was like "Mm, I'm not really on this k-pop thing but as soon as I started listening to Blackpink I was like okay I absolutely get why this is a thing yeah yeah yeah, that's the thing. I think, like, you know, I don't want to say I judged it, but I definitely had no idea, like, what what K-pop, like, was. And I was literally with Jenna the first time we saw BTS on TV. And I had, like, I just didn't know what it was. I was just like, oh, who are these guys, you know? But, like, once you start to, like, you know, learn about these concepts and see how, like, intricate the whole entire industry is for these artists, like, I have mad respect for it. Because I was like, literally no one in at least American pop music, I think could do that. You know what I mean? Like I look at like Justin Bieber or like a Shawn Mendes. I was like, they could never ever pull off some of the intricate, like deep messages and meaning that is in, in that K-pop music. So people are way too quick to judge. I got to say, because it's, it's something and I get it. I, the minute I started learning about it, I was like, I get it. I understand why people enjoy this and love it. Like, there's no doubt about it to me that it doesn't seem strange at all. So to those haters out there, you're missing out on some great K-pop music. Yeah. And I think like what, what we said, what you said about like Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes, like I used to be a One Direction fan. Like that was my big intro (laughs) into like the Stan world was like, I was a huge directioner. And I think it's so funny because like, I loved One Direction because I was like, oh, they're so different from like the normal boy band. Like they don't dance, you know, they don't wear stupid outfits. I mean, they did like their first album was very like cookie cutter, but like they didn't, you know, wear like matching outfits, like, you know, instincted or, you know, whatever. I was like, oh, they're so different. And like looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, I was so stupid because I think what separates at least like BTS from them is like, I just respect like dance so much more and I also just respect like the vulnerability of BTS's lyrics and like One Direction didn't really have that as much as like I looked at them and was like oh my god they're so unique and like different but they they weren't <laughs> and I'm just like oh I was so uneducated but I just have so much respect for what goes into K-pop and there's a lot of I think another thing that 
stops people from getting into it is the industry is like messed up. Like there's a lot of dark things that go on in the K-pop industry, but I'm also kind of like, there's a lot of dark things that go on in the Western music industry too. So I think, um, is it the same level? Probably not. But I also think that people just have like a lot of preconceived notions, which is normal. Like Sarah, like you said, like you kind of judged it from an outside perspective. And like, I totally did too. Like, I think it's human to judge something that we're not familiar with. Um, but yeah, I think it's just something that's so fascinating. And it's just a crazy world to kind of be a part of, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think you can really see people starting to understand and gain respect because I mean, BTS this year, one of the biggest debuts at number one this year. And the fact that they're still rising up to the top 10 spot you had Blackpink entering the top 50 quite a few times this year. So it's definitely something that is not going away soon. And I think it's only just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because I think it's it's very re reminiscent of uh, 2010s, the early 2010s pop. And I think there's such a nostalgia behind it that it's really going to take over the world. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think like, and there's more Western collabs happening, which I think is also bringing people in like you said Blackpink like I have a friend who like never listened to K-pop and then when they collabed with Lady Gaga he was like who is this Jenna who is this and I was like oh like he was like do you know who they are I was like I do know who they are and then he was like messaging me like midnight when their album dropped he's like oh my god this is so good like and I'm just like he didn't even have any idea and now he's like a blink you know it's it's so funny but um but yeah totally yeah, oh, that Lady Gaga collab. I I remember listening to that being like, oh, so this is like, this is the start of an era for K-pop. This really, oh, it introduced, I think, uh, a market that, because I think a lot of stand Twitter that does really stand Lady Gaga was quite against K-pop. But I think this really was a turning point for many people. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like when you were talking about being a One Direction fan, like I don't want to say all One Direction fans have turned to K-pop, but I feel like a lot of those original fans have kind of moved into that genre. Like, why do you think that is? Do you think it's just like they realize One Direction was like not not what you you expected from a boy band and now you see like K-pop and you're like, holy shit, this is like the real deal. Like, what what is your take on that? I'm not sure why. And I know for a fact that, you know, a lot of like One Direction fans, Fifth Harmony fans did become K-pop fans because when I still had my One Direction stand Twitter um, back in, <laughs> I don't know what year it was, maybe 2015, 2016, whatever that era was. Um, I remember when like One Direction broke up, like a ton of my, like my timeline was like turning into K-pop, but I didn't even realize it at the time because I like barely went on there. And then um so yeah, I don't I don't know why. Like I really don't. I just think it's kind of interesting. Maybe it's just like that boy band, girl band feel. Like maybe it's just like they like that, but like the music's just so damn good. And I don't know if it's just like I really don't know. That's an interesting question, but I'm not sure like why. And it's just funny because I can like we it's like a common conversation on Stan Twitter of like, holy shit, why'd I dedicate so much of my life to one Direction because like they were just so <laughs> and like I would not I never regret that part of my life but it's just so funny when I see people because like One Direction hated each other but I think you see with 
BTS at least, because I'm the most familiar with them, is they were they just have such a special bond. And I think seeing that compared to One Direction is also just such an interesting thing. Um, and another thing that I think is interesting when we're comparing the two is that One Direction, I don't really know the detail of their contract. Like I know you liked Fifth Harmony and they were under like Simon Cowell's label and like we all know he's not a good person. But they never got to do anything on their own. And whereas BTS, like all seven of them have had their own solo projects. Like not some of them have had more stuff put out than the others. But I think it's so cool that as a fan, you get to know them individually than just like as a group. And I think that that's another thing that brings people in is that they're all so different from each other. So when you have them in a group, it's interesting to hear that, like the different colors of each member, but then you also get to have their individual mixtapes or collaborations or songs, whatever it is. So I just think that's also something that makes them different from something like, you know, One Direction or whatever. Yeah, I think in like with One Direction, when you look at how different like Liam and Harry were, they are polar, like more than polar opposites. So you had these people coming together making music who really couldn't relate, didn't have the same expression. So when you look at BTS, where they have these these areas where they can have their own ideas and then come back and collaborate, it just makes for this really special type of group that I don't think we've seen before. I agree. Like when you first told me about how like the individual members did their own stuff, I was like, I feel like Western music is missing the mark on that completely. I mean, we don't have that many boy bands, girl bands anymore at, a, at all, actually. Now that I'm thinking of it, if Little Mix doesn't exist, or are they still together? I don't know. Yeah, but, they're still together. Are they still together? Okay. But like, I feel like a lot of the tension, like obviously I saw it with Fifth Harmony, is like people want to go off and do solo work, you know? And then you get one, but somebody's like pissed at the other person for creating a single while they're in the group. But it's like, if you were smart, and I'm not shitting on Simon Cowell, but like, you can make more money like having individual projects for separate members. And if they all respect each other enough, it shouldn't be a problem. I just, that's, I, I think that's mind blowing. I think K-pop is ahead of the game with that one. I don't know why Western music can't figure that one out because obviously they're, they're in a group, but they also are individuals who have their own creative mindsets. So I am a hundred percent. If I ever managed a band, you can do whatever the hell you want because <laughs> I just think that makes more sense. Right. And I also think it expands the fan base because they're so the genres that they take on themselves are so different from each other. And it's kind of like, well, then there could be someone who's really interested in this genre of music and then they get into it through that. And I just like, you know what I mean? Like they can get into BTS as a whole through one member's mixtape or song on SoundCloud. Like, and that's another thing. They're, everything they do, like their solo projects are like released for free on SoundCloud, which I, that blows my mind too. Cause I'm just like, that's so crazy to me that you would do that. I mean, they also are put on Spotify and iTunes, um, but it's just so interesting that they would like release them for free. I just think that's crazy. But um, yeah, like there's like J-Hope collaborated with Becky G and like she's huge in the Spanish speaking, like she's huge. And I just, that's such a, you know, door opener for people who listen to her to be like, oh, you know, like what, who is this? And like, who is he? And like, what is this song and group? And I just, and on Twitter, like I, we see that stuff, you know, we see fans who are interested in BTS because of that collaboration. And I just think it's such a, I think it's just such a fascinating 
and I want to call it beautiful. Like it's kind of a beautiful thing to see people get interested in something that they had no idea what it was. And then through these collaborations or solo projects, they're kind of opened up to this world that they once kind of didn't know anything about or judged even. So I think that's something that definitely makes it easy for people to stand them because there's so many different genres to listen to. And then the way you said everything's free, anyone, literally anybody can listen to them. And it's not an expensive thing. It's just for the music and for the fans. Yeah, for sure. We always, it's like a joke on stand like my side of stan twitter is like they're like the bts soundcloud page is just like a hidden gem like there's so many songs on there that people who aren't a fan of don't know about because it's like on soundcloud like you know no one goes on soundcloud anymore but they just released such cute little songs on there like really pretty songs and just on christmas like two members individually released two different songs, like on Christmas. Like it was like a little Christmas gift. Like it's just such a cute little, you know, thing. I just, uh, and like one was like really poppy and fun. And the other one was kind of like a slow jazzy R&B thing. Like it's just so, like I always just say, it's just so much fun to stand BTS. And I feel like that's what people feel, think, like feel when they stand a K-pop group. It's just, there's so much to take in and it's just, keeping up with them. It's like, it, it's fun. It's just fun to keep up with it. I'm always telling Jenna that she's always getting fed. Like there's okay. always something new that they're working on or doing or putting out. Like their fans are literally never bored. And I was like, couldn't be me. <laughs> like the people I always like, I ex maybe except for baby queen. She, she feeds us pretty well, pretty quickly. She's very organized. I'll give her that. But like a majority of other people I like, it's just like, you're like Stan Twitter for me is like almost non-existent at this point, because it's just like, there's nothing to put out. Like no one's doing stuff. Like no one's performing. There's no tours. Like my side of Stan's Twitter is very, very boring, but you know, to hear that the K-pop stands are still like forging through and they're always having something new to talk about i'm i'm jealous i'm jealous all the time <laughs> yeah me too like i one of my favorite artists ever katie perry we waited what like 2013 to 2017 for a new album that was four years i was begging for new music <laughs> and then after witness we had to wait like another two years so i'm very jealous i mean we were like talking online like all the fans about how every month of 2020 bts as a group or as individuals release new music every single month and i think that that is like yeah like you can and again i think people think i think there's a conversation to be had about the like oh, people being overworked in the k-pop industry but i do think that like a lot of the time it is just about passionate about music especially for bts like their whole new album is just about the feelings I felt during quarantine, like their whole album. And like, they spoke about that. And then like in May, I want to say, May or June, like one of the members released a whole mixtape. And he said, you know, like this wouldn't have been able to happen if I wasn't like locked in my house. Like, and then there was a collaboration with Lauv. And then it's just, there's been, there were three songs released in December alone, like individual SoundCloud songs. Um, and November, the month before, but that was when we got the new album. So it's just, we, I'm like so grateful, like almost like I'm just like, wow, 2020 was like the worst year ever, but I'm so grateful that I had this to kind of distract me and like take me out of my own head and like the shitty situation going on. It was just such a reliever. Like it was just such a nice thing to, to be a part of. And a lot of K-pop acts are doing like 
online concerts. And I know that like a lot of artists are doing them, but like BTS did three. Like I was just so like, oh, this is so nice. Like it was just so much fun to like, oh, I'm going to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. and watch it, you know, the time zones. So it was just, ah, oh, it's just so nice. I think they're definitely uh, a band that's understood the power of music more than anyone else has. Like if you really are just constantly creating music that's at a high level and pleases the fans, then you're guaranteed this huge following and clearly it's worked for them. Yeah, no, I was going to go off of what she was saying about um, about how like the community feels like you've gotten something every month. So you've like kind of been distracted by all of this. And like, I think it boils down to like, we as fans or stands or whatever you want to call it, like we use this community as like a good distraction from the crazy world out there, you know? And like, I, and I've told this to Jenna separately and, you know, me and Ethan talked about this on last podcast too, but like standing is like, our kind of way of a coping mechanism almost kind of like, you know, like if I didn't have like our little community, I would have never met Ethan. Like I would have never been able to like do what I'm doing right now because of an artist that didn't exist a year ago. You know what I mean? And like with K-pop, like you're always, you're always getting fed. You always have something to like be there. And I just think that's, that's so nice that, and I know, you know, it's comforting and it's, it's a special thing and it is beautiful. Like you said, like it really is a beautiful thing and not everybody's going to understand it, but like we understand it. And that's what this podcast is all about is we get it. We are on the same wavelength of stand culture. We, we get it. <laughs> we feel you. Yeah, it, it is really special. And I think that, you know, like you said, it is kind of like almost like a coping, like it's just nice to, I mean, I think stand Twitter can be, a little bit much on my side, like where I am. I know for some fandoms it's probably peaceful and nice, but um, you know, BTS stands there can be a little much sometimes. I'm totally admitting to that. So sometimes I go on there and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to deal with you guys today. Like, oh, shut up. But <laughs> but I do think at the end of the day, like um, it's just so, it is fun. Like it is fun to just go on there and talk about something that I care about. And no one else, like, you know, no one in my, circle cares so it's just nice to have a place to like go on there and just be like oh my god like I don't know just like talk about things or bond over things and even I think it's nice to just have a group where it's like people your age and even though you don't know them in real life it's sometimes just nice to have a place where you can just like talk and like I remember New Year's Eve like someone I tweeted something about like I can't believe I, I like graduate college this year and like one of my mutuals is like I graduate in four months. I'm not ready. Like we just had like a little conversation about graduating college. And I was like, I don't even know, like we are just mutuals, but it's just nice to know that I'm not alone in, in that. And that's not really BTS focused, but it is people your age who like the same thing as you, who are going through the same things as you. And I think that's just a kind of a comforting feeling to have. Uh, no, I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, like, I, like literally, obviously, I've known Jenna a long, long time to go back into our history. It's probably been like 10 years, like easily, easily. Like we, old, <laughs> we are so old. Me and Jenna go way back. Um, and we've always like bonded over this kind of stuff, like probably from day one. Like, really? I'm pretty sure that's like how we met each other in that, you know, bonding. Um but I definitely think that like, you know, this is what this whole podcast is about is kind of like the stand culture or the internet and how it brings people together. And like, 
I don't care if you like K-pop or rap or whatever, like these communities are way deeper than that. You know what I mean? Like you just said about this conversation you have with a mutual, like we all are kind of living the same lives and we do feel like we're alone with our coping mechanisms or what we like to distract ourselves with. And I feel like a lot of outside people make us feel stupid for, for liking what we like. And it's like, this is what makes me happy. There's other people all across the world who are the same exact way as me. And I feel like, you know, sand Twitter can be an awful place sometimes, but if it weren't for those forms of social media, like we really wouldn't have these kind of connections. And I know it makes me feel a lot less alone. Like looking at Ethan right here, like I said, I wouldn't have known him three months ago if it weren't for, you know, what brought us together. So it's really a crazy, crazy thing. And I love it. And anybody listening out there should not judge us for, <laughs> for this community because it's, it's really, really helping people. Exactly. Like, uh, as you said, I think stone someone definitely goes deeper than just an appreciation for an artist than, uh, themselves. It's this mutual bond you can form with so many people. And I think BTS, we have an example, probably the most of this mutual love for someone, but also this outside opinion, because... I think it, it, it's time to talk about it. But I think BTS is probably the stand group that has the most, I think, aggression towards them and the most sort of dislike on Twitter. And I think you can sort of think of reasons, but there's just, I don't think from an outside perspective, I understand it as much because I'm not really a part of that Twitter. But what do you think, Jenna, that like, some of the main reasons people do dislike BTS because of the stands are. Intense, yeah, we're intense. <laughs> um, I think, so I think that, first of all, they are, I think that BTS stands on Twitter are just very, like if you say something bad about them and we find you, like we won't be nice. And I think that, and I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm included in that because I don't think the drama is worth my time ever, but I think there's a lot of people who get angry for different reasons. But I think the main one is just how much, like if it's, if it's a comment towards BTS, that's like xenophobic or racist, that is probably what makes people the most angry just because there is a lot of that. And I think it's really tough for people to it's just, it's not right. And I don't think fighting on Twitter is the way to go about it. But I do think that has been one of the main problems that we have seen as like a fan. And like a lot of BTS stands are people of color. So I think that it's just people who are kind of used to comments like that in real life and online. And then it just kind of, they get really angry. And I think it's a I think it's a valid aggression to have. Like, it's, it's good to be angry about that. But then on the other side, there's, like, a lot of petty shit. Like, just fighting with other fandoms and all this stupid, stupid stuff. And I think BTS stands have kind of, kind of come up for a, kind of created, like, a negative. Like, I think when you tell people you're a BTS fan, they kind of think you're crazy or, like, really mean on the internet. And I think, and I have even experienced people being mean to me on Twitter. Like, we're in the same fan base, but, like, people are just not nice. And I think that that's kind of a turnoff for everybody. And I think it's kind of sad because I think that connotation with us is, like, 
it kind of turns people away from listening to their music, which I get is a valid thing. Um, Cause you don't want to associate yourself or like listen to music that you think, you know, mean people listen to, I guess. I don't know, but it's a valid argument. Um, so I think that that's probably one of the reasons why it's just, you know, we're going to come after you, I guess, like it just, if you say something mean, I guess, I guess that's part of it. And I think another reason is just because of BTS's background. Like a lot of people don't know their story as a group and like how much they've gone through. Um, and that is something that as fans, we, I guess we feel kind of protective of them in a way of kind of, I mean, they're grown men, they don't need us to protect them on the internet but it's kind of I think as fans like some people again I'm not like this but I think some people feel like oh they've been through so much like how dare you say something bad about them I feel like that's almost like I feel like a psychology thing like I feel like there has to be something I could be speaking out my ass right now I don't know for sure but I think that there's just a lot of people who want to defend them because of things that have happened to them and they've also faced like there's this one video of them in America like there's just a lot of things that we've seen as fans like there's a video of them in America back in 2017 which is when I became a fan of them that it was like the first time they were ever doing like a photo shoot I believe it was for Vogue and they're like standing there and like someone comes up to them like they were just taking pictures in the street and someone comes up to them and like I forget what they said but it was like a really just terrible comment and they were all just like standing there really awkward like there's just a lot of footage that we've seen of like clip and clips of just people not being very nice to them and there have been a lot of mean radio hosts like that's a big one of like radio hosts have been so like rude to bts fans who request their music or something and and then like people always say though like if you're nice to us like we will love you like we've sent flout like i'm saying we as like describing the fandom like i've not done this myself but there have been people who have sent like rate like um bouquets of flowers to like radio hosts who will like play their music or you know it's just I think and also I always like to say this just because I think BTS fans are known for being like intimidating I guess on the internet but every time I've gone to a BTS event in person I have met just the nicest people like I think a lot of times people hide behind it like use the internet to kind of hide and just say mean things and like that's fine but I think that in person, like everyone I met at a concert or any other event that I've gone to related to them has just been such a nice group of people. And I'm very thankful for that because I go to those events alone because <laughs> no one likes BTS. So I go to a lot of these concerts and things like by myself and I'm kind of, I'm shy, I'm introverted. So when I go, I'm just a little like, oh, but I always meet such lovely people and I'm very grateful for that. And so yeah, I think there's a lot that has to do with the internet. And we and again, I think every fandom has mean people in it, like bad apples, I guess I'll use that term. And I think because BTS's fandom is so big, there's more and that's kind of highlighted more. And, but I'm, you know, I totally think, you know, there's very, there's a lot of negativity in the fan base, but there's also positivity. I like to look at that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, something you brought up this xenophobia i think this year more than ever we've seen such microaggressions towards uh, asian people and it's such a people like to hide it behind like oh well the stands are awful and i'm like no you're just being racist on the internet and it's such this it, it's an issue that i think is glossed over because people look at the fans as bad and it's 
and, and I think it is definitely becoming such a big issue on Twitter because I see it all the time. You know, I like get every five minutes will be another BTS hate tweet, which clearly is racially charged. And it's, it's just so, it's just awful. Yeah. But, and, and I think definitely you have to look at it. Every fandom has bad apples. And I think there's definitely so much more good than bad. But people just look at it from a different angle because BTS and K-pop in general are seen as the outsiders. Right, right. I think, yeah, you're totally right. I think a lot of the hate tweets are racially charged. I think a lot of people hide behind, oh, I just don't like the music when we call them out for that. But, and I understand, you don't need to like it. I'm not forcing you to like a certain kind of music. There's a lot of music I don't like. But I think that, like you said, there's a lot of comments that have a lot of under, like these tones about them. Like, I know it's the internet. We can't hear what people are saying or what they're thinking, but... It's just, it's just kind of sad. Like there's a lot of shit that they get that they don't really deserve. And I think it's like that for every K-pop, you know, I think it's just, and not even K-pop, like every artist, there's people who are, you know, mean, just so mean. Like there's so, like, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Like I, 2016 was like World War III for me. I was just, it was terrible. So I just, you know, everyone gets hate comments and stuff. And I just think it's unnecessary. I mean, obviously, yeah, we should call people out and hold them accountable. But I think you know, for BTS, a lot of it is racially charged. And I think that that's just really, really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. That you guys are, this is such a good conversation. I'm like taking it all in. This is, I'm so shook, but no, it's, it's crazy because, you know, like, obviously I, like I've said before, like I didn't know anything about BTS before Jenna, but like I have, I listened to some of their stuff, not all of it. I definitely am not that woke, but I've listened to a lot of it. And like the meanings behind the songs are way deeper than like you would ever expect. And like Jenna has talked to me about it before, but you know, I feel like these hate comments and stuff, it's like you literally, you have no idea what they're even singing about. Cause if people really knew what the music was about, like, there'd be no reason for these, these comments. And I, obviously they are racially charged comments, but like people need to, to like literally grow the hell up because like some of the topics that they've talked about and things with other be mental health and like loneliness and all that, like we all can relate to that. You know, I've, I, it's, is it spring day? That's the song. I don't want to fuck it up. I love that song. I list that's probably out of any song. I listen to that one the most, but they are very deep. And like, can you talk a little bit about some of the songs that have like really hit home for you? Because I know there's a lot of them out there. There is. So Spring Day is a big one for me um, because I don't want to get like deep, but I got into BTS my freshman year of college. Very dark time. Very, very dark time. And Spring Day, I always tell people, I actually had my roommate in college we both transferred to different schools, but she messaged me one day, like at randomly, cause we did get very close. And she was like, I just keep seeing stuff about BTS. Like I have, no, I have no idea who they are. And I sent her the spring day music video. I was like, just listen to this song. She's like, that was so good. I always like, that's my first song that I tell people to listen to just because it's so beautiful. And the music video, there's no like dancing. So it's not like, I think it kind of takes people back from what they perceived of like what K-pop is because it's kind of just artistic and beautiful and it's not flashy. But um, yeah, Spring Day is very special to me because it's just kind of about, I think you can obviously interpret music in different ways, but I think Spring Day 
is kind of about longing and loss. And I totally was going through that my freshman year of college because I just like missed how, like I felt like I was growing up like fast because I was like away from home for the first time. All of my friends were like moving on with their lives. I wasn't talking to them as much as I was. And that song just really, really like hit home for me right away. And that was kind of like what sealed the deal of me like standing them was like that song just was so beautiful. Um, but then some other songs, I would say there's a song called Tomorrow on one of their early albums, which is about mental health. Um, I always tell people to listen to, there's one, the leader of the group, his name is Kim Nam Joon, but his stage name is RM. He has a mixtape called Mono, that whole mixtape. Oh my gosh, it is about mental health. It's about loneliness. It's about, it touches so many different subjects. And I always would just, that's one of my favorite pieces of music ever. It's such a special little mixtape. It just holds such a special place in my heart. Again, I keep saying that. Um, some of the other ones I would say on their newest album, there's a song called Blue and Gray. It's about depression, <laughs> like it's about depression. Um, and so those are some of the big ones that I would say, but literally every single album, actually their earliest albums, like their first, their debut song, that's a thing in K-pop too. Like the first song you come out with, um, their first ever song with a music video is called no more no more dream and that's about being a student and like having adults tell you what you should do but like trying to go against that and then they're one of their other earliest songs with the music video it's called no and that is like well I think it's like no because it's anyway um and that's about like how school makes us machines like their earliest music was like about the school system and I think I mean, in Korea, that's a whole other issue is like the intensity of the schooling there. But that's something that I just feel like young people can relate to is just feeling like school is just kind of like draining the lives or like lives out of us. And then um, but and then I there's something called your bias in K-pop, which I don't know if you guys know. I know Sarah knows. Um, it's like your favorite member, but um, my favorite member in BTS, his name is Jin, and he released a song in December called Abyss, which is about like going into a dark place and like having to um, like confront yourself with that. And like, it just, again, like it's just so like hard hitting and I just, oh, I love them so much. I really do. Like, I just think they're such special people and their music. And that was another thing that got me into them because I think when I was going through that dark time, I was like looking for something to relate to. And I felt like a lot of music, I mean, there is a lot of like great music out there, but I think at the time of my life, I was just like, I can't relate to a lot of these songs because I just couldn't. And then like, I found them. And even though it wasn't a different language, I could still relate to it so much more than I could to a lot of the people I was listening to who sang in English. And I think that that is something that, you know, what you said earlier, Ethan, about like their music has proven how like it connects everyone from all over the world. And that's another special thing is like, thankfully, you know, with technology, we can get translations like real, really quick. So, you know, you're listening to this music and you're like, oh, wow, I wonder what they're saying or what they're, because I feel like you can feel the emotions through their words and their singing and you just you know google it and it comes up and there are fans themselves who translate them on the timeline for us to kind of see and so that's another extremely crazy part about stan twitter is these live translators who will like translate everything 
Um, so yeah, that those are probably some of the songs I like the top, some of the ones that I really relate to, but every single album, there's like a song about mental health or, you know, anything like that. It's just such a amazing thing. I just think it's so special. Yeah, I I agree with you with what you were saying, like things, and we talked about this too, but like music and artists can come into your life when you need it. And that just kind of seems to solidify it. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to love this artist because this song came into my life when I needed to hear it. And I think that is just such a special thing because I, I obviously knew what, you know, spring day was about and how that related to you in that point in time. But like, I think with anybody, like, you know, I was saying this to Ethan too, on another podcast about how like the whole like baby queens th- thing, like the, those songs came into like our lives when I needed to hear them. And like, that just, that is such a magical experience when you feel like that artist is like talking to you and you can apply it right to your own life. And I think that's what gets people hooked into these fandoms is like, it, all it takes is the right song at the right time or the right artist at the right time. And it just, it feels right. And I think that's such a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And yeah, I just love it. I love fandoms. I'm just so happy. <laughs> like you were saying, just, I think, if we can take anything away from BTS and K-pop in general, is their ability to unite people is unprecedented in a way we've not seen for so many years. I think the only thing we can really compare them to in terms of how huge the fandom is, is like Taylor Swift. Because not many artists can have such a global uh, set of people that are so different but can be brought together in this safe space for them. That is Twitter. And I think that is just, it is such an amazing thing. Yeah, Yeah. it it really is just, um, it's so like uniting and it makes you just feel like, I, like Sarah said, like less alone for me, just because there's a lot of people who still don't really know what, like who be like they are like the one of the biggest artists in the world, if not the biggest, just because of how big they are globally. But there's still a lot of people who like don't really know. I mean, I think that's changed this year with Dynamite. Like I think a lot of people do know who they are because of that song now. But previously, like I think there were just a lot of people who just didn't know or didn't know and didn't really care. Like and so it was just it's just nice place or a nice thing to have to just go on there and just like talk about it with people who feel the same way you are. And like I know, um, you know, you guys obviously met through an artist. So I think it's like, you know, you can make friendships and you can make connections with people like in other countries, like you guys are doing. And, um, and now like you guys are making a podcast, like that's so dope. I just, you know, yeah. And so I just think it's so amazing, like how it can bring people together and it's just, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's great. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're all getting soft now. We're all like, oh my God, I just, I love fandom so much, but no, like that's genuinely like why we wanted to make this podcast, which we talk about all the time. But like, you know, I feel like you said, like people look at K-pop and they're like, ew, K-pop, like, I don't get it. Like, it's so unfamiliar to them that they like, just, they want to brush it off. But like, that's why I think we wanted to have you on here to talk so bad is like, I mean, I know you, I know your story with K-pop and I think it's fantastic. And it's literally just like, any other family of a fandom. And if anything, it's more special for all the different connections you can make, you know, with a language barrier and people from other countries, like that is just 10 times more interesting to me. 
um, as an outside fan. So I am so thankful that you have been able to drop some knowledge on on our listeners today about K-pop. And I always love getting educated myself <laughs> on, on K-pop. And thank you so much for joining us, Jenna. It has been oh, it has been a delight. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun to talk about something I care about. Woo! <laughs> yes, Jenna. Jenna is the K-pop queen. We could not have done this episode without her because I don't know anyone who knows more about K-pop than Jenna. She's a K-pop historian, pretty much. So that's that's your new title. <laughs> Jenna, the K-pop historian. But no, thank you so much for talking with us today and dropping all your knowledge. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience is going to be excited to hear about k-pop and your experiences and how it all ties in to our little internet communities Woo! good stuff i'm ready so to hear what you guys keep keep doing with it i love this i think it's such we, a good idea we got a lot it's of stuff so fun like, it's so fun it's we have so fun we have so much up our sleeves that has yet to be put out there but it's it's happening so That's exciting but thank you again to all of our listeners for listening to another episode. We got more guests coming up after Jenna. This is just the beginning. So stay tuned for more special guests. We got some good stuff lined up. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the next one. See you in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is-